Well, amen. It is so good to be home. And uh, South Run Baptist Church, uh, probably most of you in this room have no idea, you know, that this is home for me. Uh, but as I look out on this Father's Day, you know, you know being around so many of my uh, family members today, I'm, I'm just uh, somewhat emotional and uh, just thankful, thankful to be here. And I look out on this uh, awesome uh, group of young people here, and I think you have no idea but uh, being here at South Run uh, very likely is going to change your life. And uh, it absolutely did mine. Uh, you know, one of the greatest gifts it gave, and I want to apologize for her not being here, uh, but it gave me my wife, uh, Lisa Davis, and, and uh, very, very, very thankful, thankful for her. She is a children's minister at a church down in Gloucester. And uh, she could not get away for some reason on Father's Day, so uh, she is not here with us. But I do have my, uh, my youngest daughter, uh, Rachel, I'm very thankful. Well, I want to touch on this Father's Day on the subject of being a point man of faith. A point man of faith. And I think you know, there's application and leadership principles, certainly as we look at uh, that first chapter of Joshua that we read that applies to all of us. But I think there's a special challenge on this Father's Day for each of us men. And again, I'm thankful I would not be here if it weren't for a certain father in my life who had the determination to come and to come and join a church, a congregation that was still meeting in a school you know, 40-ish years ago. And to watch him... You serve the Lord and, and be such a part of that community really is why I truly believe I, I stand here today. But for so many of us, if we can go to the next slide, and by the way, uh, I am a Norman Rockwell uh, fan, if you don't know, um, but uh, all right, you know, maybe that's not up there, but uh, you know, if, there we go. Thank you very much. That, this is one of my very favorite Norman Rockwell uh, paintings. And uh, if you can kind of take a look at this with me on this Father's Day, you have wonderful things. You have the oldest daughter heading off in, in her beautiful uh, outfit. Uh, they are heading off to church. They have their Bibles with them. Mom is uh, following closely after. And then uh, the younger of the two sisters is, is there uh, behind. And then you see a little bit of an apprehensive uh, young man. You know, coming back. And, and if you think for a moment of this young man, where is his eyes focused? His eyes are focused to the center of our screen where we have dear old dad. And uh, dear old dad is uh, somewhat slunched in his, his chair, uh, not exactly looking like he's headed off with them uh, this day to church. And, and you wonder, you begin to wonder the mind of this young boy. You know, what is he thinking right now? And, and you get the thought and, and idea very possibly that he is wishing that he could stay home and be with dear old dad. I wonder for us today if maybe we grew up in a family, something like this. You know, hopefully you uh, were privileged to grow in a, a faith-filled family, but it's really a call because every single one of us men are called on to be point men in our families, point men of faith, you know, who are leading our young men and women in our families 
to take on their role eventually to be point men in their families. Your wives are looking for you men to be spiritual leaders in your home. Your homes are are only as spiritually strong as you lead them. And so my question for us today is, where are we? Where are we? Have we made this type of commitment to be a point man of faith? And, And if you're like probably many of us, maybe you're wondering how you can become more of that on this Father's Day in in your family. I believe that some of that apprehension and some of that concern and and, and some of that struggle of of his place to be a leader in God's kingdom is the very same thing that Joshua found as we approach our scripture today in in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is called on to be strong and and courageous, and and so many of us throughout time have taken that to to think of we have to be tenacious and and we have to be tough, but that's not really what I believe Joshua is called on to be. He is called on to have a strength of faith that ultimately makes him strong. I want to begin with a tweetable quote today for you. And uh, if you'll follow along, I'll have a, a few of these, but the first one is this. Because God is strong, we can be courageous. Because God is strong, we can be courageous. Kevin DeYoung warned you know, a few years ago in a blog, beware of the graduation speech. He said, the truth is, you shouldn't always follow your dreams. You shouldn't always believe in yourself. You shouldn't expect life's most meaningful gifts to come through unchecked self-expression. You know, if you've heard one of those speeches recently, many of them boil down to three things. You're amazing. Follow your dreams. Never give up. But the truth is, we're not amazing. God is. Because God is amazing He has plans for people like Joshua, and he has plans for us. And because God is strong, Joshua can be courageous. As we approach our scripture today, I want to give you just a couple of thoughts in mind as we come into this powerful book, this powerful book of faith. A new generation is standing on the banks of the Jordan River, wondering if they have faith to do what their wondering parents did not. Will fear cause them to commit that very same sin in their lives as their parents had, who had died in the desert because of their disobedience? You see, they're in a tough spot. You know, it's, it's bad enough that they've been wandering the desert for so long, but they have now lost their leader. Moses is now dead. And now, as they are literally on the banks of the Jordan River, and victory is literally within sight of them, they're wondering, probably very likely, would they take that step of faith, the step of faith that their parents hadn't taken themselves to step across that Jordan River. For, the, for us, the Jordan River today, if you've ever been there, is pretty easy to cross. I, I want to tell you, I, I've had an amazing privilege as an Air Force chaplain. 
I have literally baptized you people in the Jordan River on the Israeli side, and I stood on the opposite side, on the Jordanian side, and almost had the privilege of baptizing there. I thought that was going to be so cool. What a great story it was going to be that I, I literally had stood and baptized on both sides. But the Jordanian army would not allow us into the water because it was so flooded at the time. And that was the, the very same thing that was occurring you know, at this time. You know, it's not hard to cross the Jordan River. It doesn't appear that, that wide or that deep, but during flood season, it is treacherous. And what do you know? That's the point in time that God calls on them to cross the Jordan River. The Jordan River, for so many of us, and for so many times throughout Scripture, it, it literally served as a boundary between, you know, a decision that, they needed to make and where they were currently. For this group of people in that day and age, they could stay where they have been. It wasn't necessarily comfortable, but it was what they knew. Or they could take that step of faith and cross that river. Symbolically in Scripture, the Jordan River represents a decision, a decision point. We need to remember that the greatest challenge is ultimately God's grand opportunity. And so this will lead us into five simple things that I want to share with you as I walk through our passage of Scripture today. And I hope to get us out quickly. So I'm going to keep this as short as I can. But first and foremost, I believe Joshua understood as a man of courage, as a man of faith, as a leader who God is calling to do a very important task, he ultimately needed to submit to God's purposes. I wonder for us, whether as a father or as a mother, as a young person today, what does God desire of you? Has he communicated something to you recently? Do you know the plans he has, the purposes, the place he wants you to, to go and to, to go off to college or to what that next step in life is. Jeremiah 29, 11 promises this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We have a God who already knows our future, and we can trust and lean on him. After Moses dies, the Lord speaks to Joshua, who had been serving as Moses' assistant. And in verse 2 of our scripture today, it says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Joshua, maybe like us at times, may have felt inadequate and alone. So what does God do? He asks on him to rise to stand. Have you ever noticed, you know, when God calls, sometimes the most important thing that you can do is simply to get up and to go? That's often, you know, half or three quarters of the battle is just to be faithful and to, to go, to trust Him with wherever it is that you are headed. God already knows. 
God makes it clear to Joshua that this is his work, just as he had used Moses. And wow, he had to follow into those footsteps. He was now going to use Joshua. God's plan does not die because of the departure of one man. His work is not dependent on one man, no matter how great he is. You see, it's not about the man, it's about God. I will never forget, we had, back in the days when I was a youth, a man by the name of Pastor Tom McMillan. And and Pastor Tom had been a missionary in Africa, and, and, and I don't know, there was just something about Pastor Tom. He wasn't a big man, but you just didn't say no to Pastor Tom. And I don't know if you have people in your life that way, but one day I was walking out of church. It was in a school at the time, and, and Pastor Tom, as we were walking by, shaking hands, Pastor Tom said, Trent, I want you to preach next Sunday in the evening service out in the park. And I just froze because I didn't know how to say no, but I knew I wanted to say no. Public speaking, that is not something that I am good at. I just can't do that. And what do you know? I said yes, and it was literally the longest three to five minutes of my life. (laughs) I still remember it today. If you've been over to Burke Lake Park, we were over there in the amphitheater, and I can remember shortly before giving this sermon down on my knees in the middle of trees so nobody could see me just desperately asking for God's help. Four years later, I had preached a sermon in a church in southern Virginia, And a couple of people outside told me what a blessing it was. And time after time, I heard, you're going to be a pastor one day. You're going to preach one day. And it was God's confirmation of a call he had given me just shortly, a couple of years earlier, of God's call to the full-time ministry and his ministry in my life. I want to give you another tweetable quote. Great men and women are prepared by faithfulness in the small things. I would never have been there four years later had I not taken that step when he asked here at South Run Baptist Church four years earlier. Great men and women are prepared by faithfulness in the small things. Second thing I want to share with you, and that is we need to seize his promises. Have you grown weary of waiting For one of God's promises, have you ever struggled and gone, Lord, where are you? I've been praying and asking time and time again. I can remember during my first year of seminary, I was was desperately wanting to get out of school. And I don't know if you've been there, but I had spent four years previously. I had a great brother who told me, you know, don't wait. You know, if God's calling you to the ministry, you should go off immediately to seminary. And I did. And over that first year, I just, I hated. I was like, man, I just want to get out of here. I want to be working. And one of the things that I had always wanted to do was wear a uniform. I I thought it was to be a state trooper, but I just loved the idea of wearing a uniform. And, And so what do I do? First year in seminary, I am desperately seeking. I applied to the Coast Guard. <laughs> I applied to, to different things. I was like, well, if I get selected, I'll have to go, you know? And, and uh, you know, I was wanting desperately to run. One Sunday, Lisa and I drove to church, and on the way there, we heard that this guy by the name of Chuck Swindoll was going to be preaching. 
at First Baptist Dallas. And I was like, man, that sounds really cool. And so we just took a quick left turn and headed out that way, and we heard this message. And Chuck Swindoll, for whatever reason, that Sunday preached on God's, God's call in your life is not by accident. And he reminded me through that message that sometimes we have to wait, sometimes we have to work through uh, difficulty and all that, but if he has called you, Unless he has given you a new direction, that call has not changed. And it's completely changed my life and transformed me. And I finished seminary. And again, just a few years later, I stood in a chapel in an Air Force uniform with the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ openly. It was amazing. God always always keeps his promises. Verse 3 here says, Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. Don't miss that the people had to get up and go into the land in order for it to ultimately be theirs. If we look, this is a promise God had given some 20 times already throughout Scripture. It had been given to Abraham. It had been given to Moses. And now it was being given once again to Joshua to go and to claim this land. And it's quite interesting that it literally takes him taking that step for them to go in order to claim that promise. And what we know from history is the If you look at verse 4, it gives the parameters of ultimately what this promised land that God was giving them to, and ultimately they only claim about 10% of the land that was ultimately given. How much of God's promises are we claiming? God promises us success, verses 5 you know, tells us no man shall be able to stand before you. And then in the end it says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Another tweetable quote, victory is assured not because Joshua is a great leader, but because God is a great God. Do we trust him? Are we willing to take that step of faith? Are we willing to go as Joshua did in leading his people forward into the promised land? Fathers, are you willing to take that step of faith and go, hey, I may not have grown up that way. I might not have had that type of father I want to be, but I want to be that for my children. And so I'm going to take the step of faith and do something to change the next generation. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, Who can be against us? Thirdly, we are to stand on his precepts. When God sees our fear, he wants to fill us ultimately with courage. It's ultimately faith that overcomes fear. It's interesting to me that God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous three times. Here's a man, I, you know, we don't have time to go into all of Joshua, but God had been preparing Joshua all along for, for this moment in time. It's, you know, we don't appear and, and show up in, in this moment in time a decision by accident. God knows. He knew ahead of time what Joshua needed. But Joshua still was a man 
who obviously feared, who needed this message to be strong and courageous, to hear that from from God. And ultimately, God doesn't just say it to him, but but God allows people to be a source of encouragement. Joshua 1.18, the people say to Joshua, only be strong and courageous. We're behind you, Joshua. We were behind Moses, for the most part, you know, but, but we are behind you, Joshua. This must have been a confirmation of God's word to Joshua when they said that. But look, look at verses 7 and 8. There it says, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Psalm 119.60 says, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. You see, success. Unlike what the world tells us, success is dependent upon us aligning our lives with the Word of God. Ultimately, if we want to be successful, it's not about that graduation speech, about following your dreams and and doing good things. It is ultimately about being about God's work. We are called on to read and heed his word and to live it out. Joshua is told in verse 8, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. I want to encourage you today to talk about your faith. Don't be afraid. It may be tougher today than, than it seems like it is been in, at least during my lifetime, to be a person uh, of, of deep faith and conviction. But don't be afraid. We need light in the midst of the, the darkness that we seem to live in today. We need to hear that faith in others. Other Christian believers need your encouragement. They need to know that they don't stand alone in the midst of this. Deuteronomy 6, 7 talks to this, to dads and moms. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Don't just do it for your neighbors. Do it first and foremost for the number one priority God has called you to as moms and dads, and that is to your children. We're to talk about our faith. We're to think about our faith. We ought to meditate on it. We should chew on it. And we should live it out. The word should freely flow from our lips and be evident in our lives. Deuteronomy 30 verse 14 tells us, But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. Let me conclude with these final two points. You need to soak in God's presence. Don't you love the fact that this word promises Joshua and we are promised that God will be with us wherever we go. Joshua needed to know that God was with him as he stepped out 
in faith and following him. And it's wonderful to know that in Hebrews 13, 5, that same promise is given to us as believers. Never will I leave you, it says. Never will I forsake you. It reminds me of a four-year-old who is trying to recite the Lord's Prayer. And you've got to love. I, I, I have a great role, by the way, you know, being the husband of a children's minister. I get to teach and be a part of a lot of children's classes. But this four-year-old said this, trying to recite the, the, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, I know you know me by name. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, you know, example. God does know us by name. A couple of years ago, I had the amazing opportunity to be in Kabul, Afghanistan. I appreciate you know, your, your support of, of so many who've come this way due to the departure there. But as I was there visiting a, a chaplain in Kabul, Afghanistan, I, was, I had the opportunity to, to attend his worship service. And I looked across the aisle, and, and there sitting there was this man in, in, in completely local garb. And his, he had this long, shaggy beard. And I was like, it was just rough, you know, lines in his forehead. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect to see a local here. And, and about 10 minutes into the worship service, the, past, the chaplain invites him to come forward and to speak. And, and so I thought, this is going to be really interesting. And as he got up there, this man was from Texas. Any of y'all from Texas? <laughs> he spoke great English. I, I was a little worried, but I was like, wow. He and his wife had started some 50 house churches in Afghanistan over the last few years. He had an amazing story. He was basically invisible. Nobody knew, right? Every single day he was there, he was risking his life for the kingdom of God. I wonder, are we willing to step out on faith, I guarantee you he knew something better than I ever did, and that is every step of the way, wherever he goes, as God has called him, God is with him. And he lived his life in faith in that way. Tweedle will quote, God's presence gives you the power to do what he's called you to do. God's presence gives you the power to do what he has called you to do. To do. Finally, we ought to stay on point with God. I'm going to invite you to turn over to Joshua chapter 24 with me. Joshua, we're now at the end of his life. And after reciting some history, so they hopefully don't forget all that God has done in their walk into the promised land, Joshua rises up and challenges the people to respond because he knows they are faltering. And in Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15, it says this, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers you served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua understood the human heart 
and how hard it is to surrender to God. And Joshua challenges his people, and I believe he challenges each of us today. We have to be at a point of decision. We have to make a decision. We need to make the decision to choose this day whom we will serve. As a father, Joshua is choosing to live out his faith for the sake of his family. In the Hebrew, it literally reads, I myself, as he says, ask for me. I myself am choosing. And then he goes on to include his household. We will go in the pathway of God. You see, Joshua was a point man of faith. And he understood, number one, his most important priority is to lead his family in their faith to God. You can't pass something on to your children that you don't have yourself. You cannot, like Dad in our Norman Rockwell you know, painting there, you cannot pass along what you don't have in your life. And unfortunately, you will pass on other things if you just choose to be apathetic. You see, our kids long to be like us. They long to be like us. Let them long to be like the Christ in us. As we close out today, I want to challenge you, fathers, to be point men of faith in your homes. Moms, be the important leader of faith, instructing your kids in the faith in your home. Will you take this challenge along with me? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As we close, I just want to give to you a couple of different questions for you just to consider. You're welcome to, to bow your head with me and, and just consider as, as you take this moment to make a decision before God. Do you need to submit to God's plan? Is there a, is there a plan, a purpose that God has placed upon you that you need to say yes to today? Will you do that today? Remember, great men and women are prepared by faithfulness in the small things. If God is leading you to submit to God's plan, I would just ask if y'all will just bow your heads with me. If God is leading you to submit to something that you have been choosing to, to reject and just haven't been committal to, would you simply just say, yes, Lord, I'm willing today. Just, just raise that hand. Nobody's looking, just me. Amen. There's a second question here. Do you need to trust in God's promises? Remember, victory is assured not because Joshua is a great leader, but because God is a great God. Have you been wondering where it is that you're going to get the power to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do, but you just need to simply trust right now in one of God's promises? Will you Take this moment and this time to do that right now. Commit to him. Here's another question. Do you need to stand on God's word? Men of faith, 
people of faith read and heed God's word so that they're ready to to meet the challenges ahead. If you need to choose to, to live your life according to his word, not according to cultural standards or anything else, if you need to make that decision today, would you simply raise that hand and say, yes, Lord, I need to, to choose to live according to your word. I, I need to take time to live according to your word by joining a Bible study, being a part of a small group. Would you say that today? Amen. Amen. Finally, do you need to commit once and for all? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can't pass along something to your children that you don't have yourself. If you have never made that decision for Jesus Christ, and you need to have him in your life, I want to just ask you, all you have to do is is voice that just in a simple prayer before God. If you want to do that, there's people here, but would you be willing to commit Don't wait five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Make that commitment right now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you willing to say that before the Lord today? Just simply raise that hand. Make that commitment today. Amen. As we close out, I want to invite our praise team back up here. We're going to just voice a prayer as they come. If you would like prayer for you over one of the decisions that God has been leading you to today, I want to invite you to to talk to the pastor, talk to somebody before you leave here today. But will you go with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today, and I thank you for your love for us and for your commitment to us. I thank you that we do not face these steps alone, that we always have you with us every step of the way. Father God, as we walk forth, may we choose to walk according to your word and your will. Father, I just pray for each person here who's made a commitment, you know, individually today. But most of all, Father, today on this Father's Day, I I pray for fathers and parents who said with me today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let that not be a Sunday decision. Let that be a lifetime decision that changes our lives and ultimately redirects our family from this day forth. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.